0: Amen. Amen. All right. Well, before we get started with the sermon, there was a sheet of paper in your seat. Now, here's what, I want you to to hold that till the end of the sermon, okay? I just don't want you to put your gum in it or make a paper airplane out of it or do anything like that. I want you to hold it because we're going to use that for something. You're like, I don't have a pen. We've got a couple extra pens. We'll make sure you have everything you need. So just hold on to that and we're going to use it at the end. Now, before we go any farther... I want to stop and say thank you. I want to say thank you to you guys. You guys have been a blast this week. I've had so much fun being here with you. You guys have been incredible listeners. I've seen every night as I stand up here that you guys are engaged, that you're locked in, that you're wanting to hear God's word. And that's a great testimony to your leadership, to Pastor Mike, to Pastor Dan. I can always tell what student groups, when I'm in front of them, are being preached to on a regular basis. And you guys are getting the word and you're hungry for the word. And man, I'm so thankful for, what, for the way, uh, for what you've given to the listening of the word when you've come in here. And I want to say thank you to to Dan uh, for the opportunity. Man, Pastor Dan is. You uh, listen. We we'll just hold all your awkward clapping till the end, and uh, we'll have it. No, I'm just playing with you, dude. It's all right. It's all right. Um, Pastor Dan has been a wonderful friend to me and a tremendous mentor to me and an unbelievable example to me of what ministry and family should look like. So thank you so much for letting me come be a part of this. And all of these adults and leaders, uh, they love you guys so much and to get to work and serve alongside them, uh, they are here to get their hands dirty, literally, for you and with you. So here's what I hope you do. I hope you take an opportunity before this night is over, even before we get to tomorrow. And that you tell them thank you. Not with like a group applause. Not going up and going, thanks. All right. But like literally stopping, making some eye contact and saying thank you because... Like, thank you because you fed me all week. Thank you because you taught me God's word all week. Thank you because you broke your back to help us do these games and have all this fun. Thank you that that you gave your week to bring me out here. Thank you because God did this in my life. Whatever it is, you look at them and give them a real sincere thank you because I'm telling you that's the gasoline that's going to fill their tank, all right? It's not that they need it. It's not even that they want it, but it feels good when you get it, and it's nice to know that what you poured in was received and made a difference, all right? If you got that, say, I got it. it. Cool. All right, open up your Bibles. We're in Matthew again, this time chapter 25. Fourth parable of the week. We've had a word each night. First night, first word was? Love, love, that God has demonstrated his love to us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, that his love for us is so far beyond our understanding. We can't do anything to make him love us more, anything to make him love us less, that he loves us, uh, that he's, he's watching, he's waiting, ready to receive us. Second night was? grace. Life's not, but that's good, right? Because God's been generous with us and he's in control and he's giving us opportunities and he's brought us into his kingdom. Last night was forgiveness, right? We've been forgiven an enormous debt. And so it's time for us to start demonstrating and showing that same forgiveness to others, even when they harm us because it reflects Jesus. And so tonight, the fourth and final word to complete Our power ranger of words, I guess, I don't know. Our combination of words is faithfulness, faithfulness. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 25, and before I start reading in verse 14, actually we're going to read it first, and then we'll get into this. So tonight is about faithfulness. It's a parable called the parable of the talents. Again, this is Jesus teaching. And so Matthew 25, verse 14, here's the parable. It says, for it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted them with his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once, traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went, dug in the ground, and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them, And he who had received the five talents came forward bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I've made five talents more. And his master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also, who had the two talents, came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents, and here I've made two talents more. And his master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I'll set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also, who had received the one talent, came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, gathering where you scattered no seeds. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. So here, have what's yours. But his master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sowed and gather where I scatter no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with bankers. And at my coming, I could have received what was on, what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten. For to everyone who has will more be given. And he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away and cast the worthless servant into outer darkness, into the place where they'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, the last night of camp has always been, I've been speaking at youth camps. Man, I, I didn't do the math. I probably should have before I came in here. Um, for like over 15 years, at least, something like that. Maybe 16, 17 years preaching at youth camps. And so I've done dozens of of youth camps. And the hardest night is the last night. Because for me, there's something that I see happen. There's an excitement in you guys. There is this, man, the whole week has just been like a train. It's been barreling towards this moment. And it'll come out a little bit in the share time that we have later. There's all this stuff that God's stirring in you. See, for, for many of you, the week of camp is about the closest you sense that you've been to God. Maybe in your entire life. Because you've read the Bible more this week than you've done in a long time. You've worshipped more than you have in a long time. You've heard more sermons than maybe you've even heard in your whole life for the past year. So you're reading the word. You're learning the word. And you're spending time in worship. You're spending this time kind of isolated. Can you believe this? You have made it four whole days without your cell phone. You're like, oh, snap, I am alive. I, I didn't even think it was possible. You haven't snapped one thing. You haven't grammed one thing. You haven't liked anything. You ha- you haven't done anything. And you made it. And you've given all of your best attention to God. And so what happens is I hear over and over for years, and Pastor Dan can attest to this, we get to end, the end of a week like this, and many of you will say the same thing in many different ways. You will say, Pastor Josh, I just... Man, after a week like this, I just want to go home and I want to do something big for God. I want to do something big. Like, I want to go home and I want to reach my whole school for Jesus. Or I'm going to go home and I'm going to do this. Or I'm going to go there. And I want to just do something huge. And that that makes me nervous sometimes. for us, Because often we equate this idea of doing something big for God with this, this thing that's going to be seen by lots of people, this thing that's going to make a very visible impact. But I believe with all my heart that if you were to stand in front of Jesus himself tonight and ask him, Jesus, what big thing can I do for you? He would tell you, be faithful in the little things. See, God's not looking for you to do some big thing for him. You understand that we can't impress God. Do you? And listen, I'm not, I'm not being, it's kind of funny almost. We think that there's something we can do that's going to make God go, oh, like imagine if you said like, God, I raised a million dollars for missions. Be like, cool, I own everything. <laughs> like, like, is there an amount of money that we could raise that's going to make God go, oh my goodness, can you believe it? Like, like Jesus, I, God, I built this beautiful thing for you. He's like, yeah, cool. I made everything. Okay, there's nothing that we're going to do that's going to make God go, oh, but what he wants from us is to be faithful in the things that he gives us. And what this parable is about is about faithfulness, about what you do with what God gives you. So I want you to notice three things as we go through this, and we'll we'll explain this as we go through and begin to understand this story. Now, the first thing we need to understand as we start in the beginning is that God gives people talents. God gives people talents. That's the first point. Now, when I say talents, I'm talking about here in this passage we've had a lot of money talk, right? In these parables we've been talking about denarii, we've been talked about talents last night, and here we come to it again. But the dangerous thing that happens is over and over when you read this passage of Scripture, you may have immediately started thinking the way that other people do. Because what can happen is we hear that and we go, well, one person got five and one person got two. And we can always look around and say, well, if I was just more of this. We tend to equate when I say the word talent, you think of the English word talent. And you start thinking about gifts, abilities, talents. But that's not what God's talking about. Because he says right here that he gave everyone talents according to their abilities. So now if the talents are abilities, the sentence makes no sense. He gave everyone abilities according to their abilities, right? That doesn't really, doesn't make much sense. So what are the talents? The talents are opportunities. What he gave every single one of these people is he gave them an unbelievable opportunity. And really, now that you say, well, well, one got five and one only got one, but it was still a huge opportunity. Remember how much we said a talent was worth? A talent was equal to about $600,000. So this guy owns this piece of land. He's going away on business, and he wants to entrust these three servants. He gives them a huge chunk of his money to do business with it, to see if they can make some money with it he gives them a huge opportunity to demonstrate themselves as worthy of what he's put in their hands. And so think a servant who has nothing, he comes to the first and gives them five talents. That's about $3 million to the second. Well, he only got two talents. Yeah, but that's like $1.2 million. That's like, well, the poor loser on the end, he only got one talent. It was $600,000 is a huge opportunity. And so what they do is they take these talents, and it says that they go out and they start investing them. But we've got, got to understand right up front is that these talents, they're outside of our ability. It's an opportunity that you have. And we have to get that God, for every single one of us, he has designed you for a purpose, and he's put you exactly where you are because he wants you to be where you are right now. And he's giving you opportunities that he's not giving anybody else. There are opportunities that you have that I will never have. See what your talents are. It's that person that sits by you in science that doesn't know Christ. It's that team that you're on. Like I can't join the girls' soccer team at Yulee High School. That's super creepy, right? Like, there's no like she's the man that's going to happen with me in the girls' soccer team at Yulee High School. But some of you are on that soccer team. So you have an opportunity in that locker room with those girls on that bus going to those games that I'll never have, that Pastor Dan will never have. You live in your home with your family. You're with them every day. That's an opportunity I don't get. That's your talent that you've been given. And God gives us these talents according to our abilities. And what we have to understand is God, and this should be freeing because here's what we think so often. Well, if I could just, If I could really sing, then I could do something for God. If I could get up and talk in front of people, then I could really do something for God. If I was more talented or more athletic or if I was more creative, if I was taller, if I was this, if I was that. What you got to start remembering is, no, God made you exactly the way you are because he wants you to be the way you are. And what you're good at, what you're passionate about, the things you love, the things you're interested in, and the areas that you're gifted. He created you for a specific purpose, for a specific opportunity. The question isn't what you can do, it's what are you going to do with the opportunity he's put in front of you. So right out of the gate, I want you to get in your mind, I have talents. I have opportunities that God is giving me. And then the question is, what do we do with them? Because the second thing we learn in this passage of scripture is this. Everybody manages God's talents differently. Now these three servants, they all had different management skills. It says that the first one who got the five talents, what does it say there? He says he went out right away. As soon as he got that opportunity, as soon as he was given that money, he went out and he says he immediately starts trading with it. He starts doing business with it. He starts investing it. And it says that right then, he doubles that. He turns three million dollars into six million dollars and this is an example of a person who gets out there and just hustles and there are some of you in this room like that like it doesn't matter what opportunity pastor dan could ask you to do anything he could say hey i need somebody to get up and go like we got a clogged toilet and dorm five i need somebody to go do it and there's actually a couple of you that's like man if nobody will do it i'll do it and you'd be up out of your seat and you'd be running and the thing about these people is everybody in the room knows who they are because it doesn't take long. It's like, hey, I need somebody to grab this garbage. I need somebody to move those rocks. And they're not the ones sitting around going, oh, please, 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 someone else, someone else, someone else, someone else. It's like, no, whatever you have, whatever I can do, I'll do it. If it's, hey, I, I need somebody to help us with kids camp, or I need somebody to talk to this visitor over here who came in, they're the person that's taking the opportunity, taking the opportunity, taking the opportunity. And then you have some people kind of part-timers, right? The person that got... Two talents, it says that they did it, and they took the time, and they were able to double it, and that's good. we got some people that are kind of halfway in, halfway out, but but the one that's really frustrating is the ones who don't do anything with the opportunities that they're given, who really just waste it. And this guy, what's crazy about this, you notice what it said. It says that he goes out, digs a hole, puts all the money in it, and then covers it up. And later on in the story, we'll get to this later, but we got to kind of fast forward a little bit. When the master gets back, it says that he's all upset. And what does he say? He says, why didn't you just put it in the bank? If you would have put it in the bank, it at least would have made some interest and I would have made a little money. Now I just got a bunch of dirty money. And you realize like he worked harder to not work. Do you know people like this? Like they work super hard to not work. Like they go to a lot of effort so they don't have to do stuff. I had a friend like this in high school, and he worked really hard to cheat. And he would, like, make these papers, and he would spend all this time writing the answers down. And he would spend hours to cheat. And I'm like, bro, if you'd have studied it, you'd have learned it all in half the time. Like, all this time you spent trying to cheat, you should have just learned it. And so this guy goes out like, I don't really want to do this. So I'll dig an enormous hole and bury $600,000. And we laugh, but... What are you doing with your opportunities? Because every single day before you, there lays this pile of opportunity. People, moments, opportunities, chances for ministry, chances for the gospel. And do you get to the end of the day and figuratively you've basically dug a big hole and just thrown it in there and covered it up and done nothing with it? And how you're stewarding your opportunities now is a big indication of how you're going to steward your opportunities later. And that's why right now matters. And so we've, we've kind of burned through the first two because I want to get to this last one. So the first thing is God gives everybody talents. Everybody, seemingly, is managing them differently, right? Stewarding them differently. Here's the third thing, and you got to get this. We're going to give an account of what we did with our talents Every single person in this room is going to give an account to God. It says that it was after a long time. They didn't know when he was coming back, but eventually the master came back, and it says that he wanted to settle accounts. And listen, I want you to get this. This isn't hocus-pocus. This isn't stories that we've made up. We believe that Jesus is real. That he died, that he was buried, that he rose again, that he ascended into the heavens, that he is preparing a place for his people, but that one day he is going to visibly, physically, and gloriously, he is going to return to earth. And there will come a moment where every human being who has ever lived, breathed, is going to be judged. And you're going to be judged in one of two ways. You're either going to be judged for what you did or for what Jesus did. You're either going to be judged as righteous because you have his righteousness. Or you're going to be judged for what you did and what you do does not add up. But for those who know Christ, we're also going to be judged for what we do with the opportunities that God gave us. It says there's going to be a judgment for those who know him. And he's going to see, put us before him and say, what did you do with the opportunities I gave you? And so it says that he comes to settle these accounts. And we're all going to give an account for what we've done with the opportunities. And two different things happen here. First, you see that God, he rewards the faithful servants. I thought it was so cool when he comes and he calls the one with the five up. And it says he brings the five and he says, here, master, and I've got five more. And he looks at him and he says, well done. And what I want you to do is I want you to put yourself in the shoes of the servant. Understand that the master is Jesus. This is a conversation we are going to have with Christ. And he looks, can you imagine Jesus looking at you and going, good job. Jesus looking you in your face and going, you did good. Well done. He says, good and faithful servant. See, all throughout scripture, good is a word that's usually reserved for God. You only find it applied to two human beings ever in all of the Bible. And here Jesus is saying that there will come a day where there will be people who stand before him and he looks at him and says, you did good. And you were faithful. What an unbelievable commendation. And then he says, you know what? Because you were faithful with little, I'm going to give you more. I'm going to give you more opportunities. I'm going to expand your responsibilities because you showed that you would be faithful with these small things. I'm going to give you more to do. And then he says, enter into the joy of your master. And listen, there is no joy. Listen, you think that you're happy Listen, there is no contentment and joy like knowing that you are fulfilling God's purpose for your life. There is no joy like serving Jesus. There is no joy like knowing that you got up and God put an opportunity in front of you and you did it for his glory and for his kingdom. Not so that he'd give you an attaboy, but because you know, you remember all that he did for you and you understand this is just a small way for me to show my gratitude to him. And he gives him that reward, invites him into the kingdom, gives him a bigger responsibility. It is a beautiful picture. But what about the guy with the two talents? Because on the surface level, the way that humans think, this is what we think. Oh, that poor guy, he only got half the talents and he only produced half the results. It's kind of a failure. He's like a C student, right? Like five talent guy is A plus student. Two talent guy, he did all right. Like he only got two, he made two. But did you notice there what the commendation was for two talents? The exact same as the guy with five talents. I want you to look. The wording is exactly the same. He looks at the guy with two talents and says, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with little, so I'm going to make you responsible over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He gives the guy with two the same commendation as he gives the guy with five. And here's what I want you to get, students. Look at me. Because we've been moving to this point right here. It is not about how big your opportunity is. It's about how faithful you are with the opportunity you've been given. God does not measure his kingdom in results. He measures it in faithfulness. If I were to ask you to think about like the best Christian that you know. and and But let's just, he, this is perfect. He's not here tonight. So Pastor Mike is not here tonight. And Pastor Mike, and he would hate that I'm doing this, so please don't tell him that I did it, okay? But Pastor Mike, man, I I love him so much. I told you he was my youth pastor. He was my youth pastor. I came to know Christ under him. He gave me some of my first opportunities to preach. And he's been faithful for years as a youth pastor and now as a lead pastor. He's mentored young men, he's raising a family, he's pastoring a church. And I I believe that as Pastor Mike continues his life, I believe he's going to continue to be faithful. And one day he's going to stand before the Lord and the Lord's going to go, Mike, you were faithful over everything I gave you. And look at the fruit of it. That guy, Josh, he was in your youth ministry. That guy, Jonathan Revis, he was in your youth ministry. And that guy, Adam, he served under you. And these other people that came up and came to know the Lord, and they grew in their faith, and all the people that they reached, And there's going to be this unbelievable reward. But you know what this story tells us? That if everything ended today, today, and we all stood before the Lord, that if you've been faithful as a 14-year-old with the opportunities that God's given you, If you've been faithful with the little that he's put in your hands, he would look at Pastor Mike and say one thing, and he would look at you and say the exact same thing. The reward would be equal. And that's why in the life of a church, there are no big shots and little shots. Everybody in terms of faithfulness is on the same playing field. In a church, the person who preaches is just as important as the person who cleans the toilets, is just as important as the person who cooks the food, is just as important as the person who works in the nursery and changes people's diapers, just as important as the person who plays keyboard, is just as important as the person who sings the solos. Every single person, as long as they are being faithful to what God gave them, they matter. It matters because they were faithful. So this is what I want you to get. Stop looking for something bigger because God's given you something that you can be faithful with now. And the truth is he's not going to give you any more if you're not faithful with this. It says there very clearly, why did he give them more? Because they were faithful with the little. They were responsible with what seemingly was small. And so now he's going to give them more. So all the things that you're wanting are only going to be a result of what you're doing with what you have now. And so what I want you to see is that, notice what happened to the one who didn't do anything. So he comes up, he has the one talent, and he looks at him and he starts like popping off at the mouth immediately. Like he's seen what's happening and he's like, oh, you sow where you scatter no seed, you're a very hard man. And basically he was kind of saying like, you know, you're a terrible boss and you basically use us and uh, you don't do any of the work and you take all of the credit. And he's like, first of all, What? Like, I, I'm the one who started this. I'm the one who hired you. I gave you this unbelievable opportunity. It's like, you, you didn't even do the least what you could do. You worked harder to do less. And it says that he took the opportunity, he took his talent from him, and he put it into the hands of the one who was faithful. And so this thing where it says that he cast him into outer darkness is that there's this You know, there's some people that say, well, there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Says that figurative is if it's a literal. I believe it's literal, but here's the thing. Either way, it's bad, and I don't want any part of it. It's bad. And what he says, why eternal darkness? Like, was he saved and then he wasn't saved? No, because a lack of works, uh, James tells us that faith without works is. Does anybody know? dead a lack of works is an indication of a lack of faith and a lack of faith is an indication of a lack of a relationship with Jesus Christ and so if your life is you know what I bury my opportunities every day every day every day every day it may be because you have no heart that wants to be faithful and before we ever talk about what opportunities you have and what you're going to do with them you need to start saying do I have a heart that's been changed by God because I really don't want any part of this And the first thing you need to do is give your life to Christ. But what are you going to do when you go home? What are you going to do with your opportunities? Because like I said, you're going to get opportunities that I won't get. But God has made very clear, if you don't do anything with them, he'll give them to somebody else who will. If you won't take the opportunity that's put in front of you, he's going to take that thing and give it to somebody else. I want you to grab that piece of paper that I gave you. And this is how we're going to end the service. Now, before you write anything down, I want everybody to look at me. And I say this in love. If you're not a Christian and you know it, if you do what I'm about to ask everybody in the room to do, it's going to be pretty meaningless. Because none of this means anything apart from a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's all just dead works in religion. Okay. What we're about to do is only going to be meaningful if you really are a believer. So, before we, after all this starts happening, what we're about to do, you don't need to write anything down on the paper. You need to get out of your seat, go find an adult, tell them I don't know Jesus. And before I go on with what the rest of these guys and girls are doing, I need to make sure that I've got a good, re- that my relationship is right with God, that I know Jesus Christ. Okay. But for those of you that you're a believer, you're a Christian, you've been born again. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to take that piece of paper and uh, here, if you don't have a pen, this is what we're going to do. You can get up in a minute and you can come up here and grab one of these. You can share with a friend. Jonathan and the band are going to come up here and they're going to begin to play. And uh, we're going to have some music because this is going to take us a few minutes to do this. I want you to draw a line right down the middle of your paper, separated into two columns. At the top of the left column, I want you to write the word now. At the top of the right column, I want you to write the word then. Here's what I want you to do prayerfully. I want you to list on the left side of that paper as many opportunities that you know. Now, don't start writing yet, okay? Some of you are like overachievers, man. You're like a five-talent guy. You're just like, I'll do it all. All right, like just, just hear me out. I want you to prayerfully think about the opportunities you have now. Again, the person that you know doesn't know Christ, that you just know because of the relationship with it. That person that sits by you in science. The person on your team. Maybe it's a team that you're on. It's a place where you work. It's people in your family that don't know Christ. It's a ministry opportunity at the church that you're involved in. I want you to write down every opportunity that you can think of that God's giving you right now on one side of the paper. And then on the other side, on the then side, I want you to think forward. I want you to think about the opportunities that you want. Maybe you want to raise a family. Maybe you feel like God's calling you into ministry. Maybe you want to be a missionary. Maybe you'd like to be a deacon one day in a church maybe you'd like to disciple people maybe it you know whatever whatever big thing that you see then and then here's what i want you to do after you get it all written out i want you to pray over it say god because here's the truth y'all you haven't written anything on yours yet have you okay cool all right i just didn't want to like put your stuff on display (laughs) then will not happen without now If you will not be faithful with now, God's going to take then and give it to somebody else who will do something with it. So the challenge tonight is figure out what is God doing in my life today because here's how it works. You say, how will I know that the opportunity is going to come in 10 years? You take advantage of the opportunity today and tomorrow, the day after that, and the one he gives you the day after that. The ones he gives you the week after that, the month after that, and the year after that. And if you take advantage of the opportunities he gives you now day by day, 10 years from now, you'll be amazed at the opportunities he's trusting you with them. So I want you to write them down. I want you to pray over them. And here's what I want to do tonight. We're going to give you a talent. Got a pile of these pretend gold coins. Don't bite them. They're not chocolate. All right. Don't. It's just a little plastic gold coin. But it, this is going to be your talent so you're going to give that sheet of paper to pastor dan after you've prayed over it and he's going to give you a little coin just like this and here's what i want you to do with it i want you to take it home with you and maybe you can carry it around in your pocket maybe you throw it in the cup holder of your car we had one girl in our youth group she taped hers to her mirror every day and wrote don't waste it and dry erase marker on the mirror so that she has to look at it every day but what i want this to be is a reminder to you every day that you have talents today Opportunities today. And every time you see this, you reach in your pocket and you feel it. You look over there in the cup holder and see it. You think to yourself and you prayerfully say to the Lord, don't let me waste today. You want to know what big thing you can do for God when you get home? Don't waste today. You want to know what big thing you can do for his kingdom tomorrow? Don't waste tomorrow. Be faithful with the now. He'll trust you with the then. And then when you're done with that, you can come back, spend some time in prayer. They're going to be playing a couple of songs of worship. But right now, if you need a pen, real quietly, you can come up here and grab one. If, you, if we then run out again, you just wait till somebody gives you one. But you can go ahead and get started. Let me pray for you and then get started. God, I pray in these moments, I'm so excited about this moment. It's not going to be manipulation, God. That I pray that you would give these students clear minds for what you're trusting them with now. Give them a huge vision for what you could do then. And God, I pray that as they commit themselves to this opportunity, that God, they would not waste it. God, find us faithful. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Go ahead and get started.
1: Uh, we're on the fourth night of camp. And uh, I know in a room, in a group this size, that there are students and maybe even adults here that there's decisions or commitments or movement that you, you need to do. You may be on the brink going, man, if they just speak a little bit more, if I'm challenged a little bit more, I'll do it. I'll go talk to somebody. If there's, a, there's, a, there's a sin in your life that is just beating you down and you just need... To, 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 to talk to somebody and go man pray for me this, this is, is something I need to let go of if, for some of you it may be in this room it may be God is, is calling you to full time service whether it's in the church or whether it's on the mission field or wherever that may be dude I understand in my own life when I heard that calling and I ran from it for two years so I, I understand we, we duck because we're afraid you just may be here, and you just need to go, man, I just need to need to give God every part of my life, and I just need to make that commitment. And you may be in this room, and you there are some in this room that you need to go, I need to know what it means to have a relationship with Jesus Christ and what it means to put my faith in Jesus Christ. We're just going to sing one 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 more song, and this is, for our camp time, this is sort of our our last hurrah, but I don't want you to miss an opportunity. You just, Josh just talked about them. And don't let, you know, the way that you start to live those opportunities out there is you start to follow them right here. This is going to be your easiest place to take them and run with. Them. Let's pray together and we're just going to sing one more song. Dear God, I just ask um, for freedom in this place, for your spirit, to move and to speak, for there to be boldness and courage where some of us feel like we have none. God, you're so big. Lord, if there's an unconfessed sin in this room, Lord, may it it grind us that we've got to speak to somebody about it. Help us just to be faithful to every opportunity.